0: What's up guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our very good friends at Alumni Hall. Guys, I know the shine of this back-to-back national championship season has not worn off and if you're still in the market looking for all the best natty gear you can find, Alumni Hall is the place to go. They have the best selection, the best prices, the best brands, the best customer service, literally the best of every so make sure to check them out in-store or online at alumnihall.com. I'm your host Tyler, and Curtis was originally supposed to be on this episode with me. I kind of teased that at the end of last week. That was the plan. That's what we were shooting for, but he and his fiance, a little inside baseball here, just became first-time homeowners over the weekend, so big congratulations there, but as most of you who own homes know it's always something with a home, right? So it started real quick for them. Uh, they do not have heat right now. So they are out scouring everywhere they possibly can for some space heaters until they can get the gas turned back on. Hopefully like tomorrow that'll happen. But right now they're trying to find a way to stay warm. So he's not going to be able to join us today, unfortunately. But fortunately for us, Charlie proved exactly why she is the star of the podcast as she was very willing to to move some things around and fill in for Curtis on short notice today. Charlie, thank you for being the best co-host of this podcast.
1: Star of the podcast.
0: Clearly star of the podcast because, I mean, I, I don't know if we would be able to do this show without you, Charlie.
1: Well, I mean, you'd be able to do it, but it's better with me here.
0: Agreed. I think I think I agree with that, right? I mean, I was being facetious. No, it's, but... de- it's definitely better. I have more fun when you're here with me. I don't like, you know, I, I've gotten used to doing some of these shows alone, but I still don't it still feels weird let's just say that it feels weird when i'm sitting here alone kind of just talking to a microphone i just love talking georgia football but it's always nice to have someone to talk to so thank you for being here yep absolutely and as for the show today guys we want to honor the players and coaches on this 2022 national championship team with a postseason awards episode This is a show that I wanted to have someone else on here with me. I mean, I could have done this alone, but I wanted to have someone kind of bounce some ideas back and forth. Curtis was going to be on here, but again, Charlie is filling in on short notice. We've got 10 awards to hand out today with four nominees for each award. The nominees were determined by our awards committee, which included myself, Charlie, and Curtis. Did some players get snubbed? I mean, yeah, of course, almost certainly. Anytime there's awards that are handed out, somebody's always snubbed. Of course, it always works out that way. Whether it's you didn't get nominated, whether you didn't win the award and you should have, there's always going to be snubs. That's part of the fun. But we had to limit each of these awards to four nominees because we really wanted to include all of you, all of you loyal listeners in this fun. give you guys a voice in these awards with the winners. And to do that, Twitter is obviously the, the most efficient way to do it, unfortunately, Twitter polls only allow for four options. I cannot add a fifth or a sixth option. You know, I think the Oscars... Charlie, I know you're, you're a big movie buff, right?
1: Yes. No, no. Not at all.
0: When's the last time you actually watched a movie?
1: I watched a movie today.
0: Oh, did you actually? I was it was it an Oscar winner?
1: Um, Absolutely not.
0: Uh, let me guess. It was a... um, Knowing you, probably a comedy of some sort. Maybe a rom-com.
1: It was a rom-com with beautiful scenery.
0: Something that... Listeners would know, like a, a classic rom com or one of those that are just like hastily put together by these streaming services. I
1: mean, it was on Netflix. I don't even remember the title, but oh, it's so a rainy it was obviously day out. A it's a rainy day out. I wanted something like pretty to watch.
0: Of course, you did. So we're not going to go to you for the Oscar trivia, but do you know how many? I think there's like, I don't know if there's a limit, but there's like eight or nine movies nowadays that are nominated for Best Picture. It used to be like four or five. We can't go to eight or nine options because Twitter won't allow us to do that. So. With that in mind, some tough choices had to be made on these nominees. The voting process was pretty simple. There are four votes. I get a vote. Charlie gets a vote. Curtis got a vote. He did send his picks in, so he will be included on this episode. And you guys, the listeners, get a vote as well. Uh, Charlie is going to, I'm going to turn this over to her real quick here. She's going to read the award the name, the category, uh, the nominees, and then we'll reveal the winner. But we're also, after that, going to peel back the curtain a little and reveal to all of you out there how each of us voted. So there's going to be some accountability. There's not going to be any hidden votes. No secrets, no finger pointing. We're going to let you know how everyone voted. So there are four votes, which means there could be a tie. In the instance of a tie, which I think there's one or two where we did have a tie, the tiebreaker will be the fan vote, right? You guys are the the heart and soul of this podcast. You're what makes it what it is. You are the reason we still have this podcast. So we figured it was only fair for the tiebreaker to be you guys. So, Charlie, uh, Charlie, uh, you're amazing. Thank you for being here. But I got to say, you kind of distracted me a little bit over there. What are you watching? Tennis. Are oh, you watching Georgia Tennis? Okay, Charlie's got Georgia Tennis pulled up on her computer, which, hey, Charlie, kudos to you. I love Georgia tennis. Actually, this is a huge match, right? We're playing Texas. Texas is number seven, I want to say. Our number one singles player, our freshman... Ethan Quinn playing the number three player in the country, so it was number one versus number three on court one, single. So actually, I, I kind of want to be watching this right now too. But hey, Charlie, we got a job to do. And all I can see out of the court of my eye is like motion; something's moving.
1: I can multitask.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, you're smarter and better than me. I can't. When I see that, I'm like, I can't focus on anything. But all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best. I'll let you watch it. I know you're here on short notice, so thank you. So I can't be too picky today. All right, so are you ready though? Can you can you do this? Can you actually double task like that? Yes, multitask. I can. Multitask.
1: Do we need live updates of the tennis match, too?
0: I mean, if something big happens, let me know. What's going on right now? Phil's down? God, we need Phil. Well, he's
1: down a set. Is Phil serving? No. He was. Ch- he almost had a break.
0: He's going for a break right here. All right, this is a terrible podcast. Anyway, so we've got to, get, we've got to share it to each other. We'll talk All about Georgia right. Tennis later. so
1: the first award we're going to talk about today is the Breakout Player Award. The nominees included Malachi Starks, Smile Mondin, Broderick Jones, and Dejan Edwards. It was a clean sweep for the freshman safety from Jefferson for the votes from the show. The fans voted Malachi Starks 44% and then Smile Mondin 38%. Who would you have had for second place?
0: I, breakout player of the year, honestly, I probably would have gone with Broderick Jones at left tackle. I mean, this is a guy, yes, he did play some in relief last year at left tackle. You know, we we moved Jamari Salyer inside late in the season at times, and Jamari missed a game or two. So, Broderick, it's not like he came out of nowhere and had not played, but I mean, this guy's a first year starter and is probably going to be a first round draft pick. He had that good of a season. Really didn't give up many pressures at all. Did a really good job for us in, in the run game. Was a fantastic puller. His athleticism enabled us to, to run all those truck sweeps and do a lot of different things from a schematic standpoint in the run game. So I probably would have gone with Roger Jones as my, as my second choice there on breakout player. So Smile Monica was second on the fan vote, you said. So he got, yeah, okay. So he's 38%. I think Malachi is the obvious answer cuz he came from I don't wanna say nowhere cuz this guy was a was a five-star recruit big time player coming out of Jefferson High School former Dragon but anytime a true freshman jumps on the scene and becomes a starter very early in the season, no, he did not start week one, but he made his his name known week one. He made some wow plays and took that job over immediately at following week one, going into week two. So Malachi, I mean, as a true freshman, coming in and doing that for a Georgia defense that, while maybe not the best in the country this year like we were in 2021, was certainly in the conversation among the best defense in the country, he had his freshman moments here and there, but what true freshman doesn't. He also made some big-time impact plays, none bigger than the one in Missouri, where he chased down Cody Trade from behind at the one-yard line. Could have given up, but as a freshman, turning on the Jets like that, having the hustle, the wherewithal, the desire to go out and make that play for us, And effectively, I've said it many times, I think win that game for us. Now that game did not end up being as impactful as maybe it would have been uh, because we did beat Tennessee and even if we lost that game, I still think we probably would have gotten in. We wouldn't have been the one seed, but we still probably would have gotten in. But Malachi had a fantastic year, so I really can't argue too much this. And he got my vote too. It was close for me though, between Malachi and Broderick. Broderick, I think, looking at the fan vote, was the lowest in the fan vote. It's only 9% of the fan vote. But I think he had a hell of a year and put himself in position to be a a first round draft pick in the NFL draft this year.
1: Year. All right. Next up, we have Newcomer of the Year. The nominees included Michael Williams, Dylan Bell, Malachi Starks, and Jalen Walker. Back to back sweeps for Starks across the show. Uh, the fan vote was 70% for Malachi Starks. Was it that big of a landslide for you among these nominees?
0: Yeah, I think this was a bigger landslide for me, for Malachi, than breakout player. I, I certainly considered Smile Mondan in breakout player. I considered Broderick Jones, as I mentioned. Malachi ultimately got my vote, but it wasn't as clean cut for me. Newcomer of the year was clean cut for me. You guys know I'm a big Michael Williams fan. I told you guys in the preseason, I felt he was going to be you know the Brat Bowers of this class in terms of coming to make an immediate impact in year one. And I think he did make that immediate impact. Kirby was, was was waxing poetic about him at SEC Media Days, which seems like 3,000 years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago, about five or six months ago. And he had a big year. He did some really good things. He became our best pass rusher as the season progressed but he was not a full-time starter. Malachi Starks was, as of week two, and never came off the field. Michael I don't wanna, I don't think it's fair to call him situational, but we did use him situationally at times as the season progressed, although he did, again, become our best rusher as, as the year went on. So I think Michael was the next option here. I mean, Dylan Bell did some solid things for us, filling in for an injured um, A.D. Mitchell for most of the year, but what didn't make the kind of impact that either Malachi or, or Michael did Jalen Walker really came on late in the year? I'm very excited to see what he can do moving into 2023 but again he was more of like a back half of the year guy and he was talking about situational players he was exclusively a situational player in third downs and our dying package so it's, it's got to be malachi or michael and i think malachi is a guy that that certainly made more of a, a consistent impact game in and game out so definitely a clean sweep for me on on this one
1: Okay, there's some variants in this next one. It's the most undervalued player award. The nominees were Nazir Stackhouse, Dejan Edwards, Kamari Lasseter, and Tate Ratledge. Um, three different players got votes in this one. Nazir Stackhouse won for you and Curtis. I voted for Dejan Edwards, and the fans went with Kamari Lassiter at 33%. Uh, I went with Dejan Edwards because he was relegated to garbage time duty before this season, and then became one of our top two running backs. And I also He gives like a Chubb vibe off. Like, Just put your head down and work. Do what you're asked to do. Doesn't need a lot of attention. Just wants to play.
0: And anyone who knows Charlie knows that Nick Chubb is Charlie's all-time favorite player. Is that correct, Charlie? Absolutely. Yeah, you and I are of the same mind there. Nick Chubb is, at least for now, I think always and forever will be my all-time favorite Georgia Bulldog. That's interesting, though, Charlie. I love what you said there, kind of comparing Dajun to Nick. I, I think the work ethic and the introverted nature of them, at least from the outside, looking in. I I do see that kind of a quiet, put your head down, go to work. I I, I certainly respect that a lot. And look, I love Dejan Edwards. He's a guy I was telling you guys later in the offseason that I I thought could have a bigger impact than most people were projecting him to. And uh, that ended up being correct. Like He did have a really good year for us. Was he our number one back? No. But I mean, this guy did some big time things for us. Really, from the Missouri game on, he became our go-to running back inside the red zone. Remember those issues that we had scoring touchdowns inside the red zone? Well, it was Dejan Edwards who really kind of turned that around for us late in that game, and he was also the guy after that who earned that role for the vast majority of the regular season. You know, Kendall Milton came back, and once he got healthy, he got some some looks there as well. But still, like when we needed a touchdown in the red zone in big moments it was Dejan Edwards, and had a hell of a year, I mean, yeah, he was our second leading rusher, but, I mean, he was 50 yards behind Kenny McIntosh, and Kenny, Kenny was fantastic, Kenny had 829 yards rushing, now, Kenny also had 505 yards receiving, which is huge, but Dejan had 771 himself, 5.5 yards per carry, to Kenny's 5.6, had seven touchdowns, so Dejan was a big-time player, Charlie, I can't really fault you on that pick, I have a soft spot, though, as an old defensive guy myself, For not stackhouse because this guy plays essentially the same position that Jordan Davis was playing, but clearly did not get the love and publicity that Jordan Davis got. Now, of course, not he's not as big and athletic as Jordan Davis. He's not as dominant as Jordan Davis was. He's not going to be a first round draft pick like Jordan Davis was. He's not Jordan Davis. That's that's clear. We know that, but. That doesn't mean that he did not play an extraordinarily valuable role role for this national championship team. I mean, guys, we had a gaping hole in the middle of that defense. I was concerned about that. I made that very clear in the offseason. Losing Jordan Davis was concerning. Like, who was that body? We had no one that could do the things that Jordan Davis did the way that Jordan was able to do that. We didn't have a guy like that. I thought Nas might be the closest to that, and maybe Zion Low could fill in some of that. But Nas really kind of came on during fall camp. And cemented that role. I mean, he was our zero tech. He was our nose guard. And no, he wasn't as dominant as Jordan Davis, but that guy was flat out awesome all year long. And I just don't think he got enough publicity. Like we gave him a couple game balls here and there, a couple different games during the regular season. But nationally, I don't think if you asked the random college football fan, even like hardcore college fans out there on the street, like, hey, who is George's nose guard this year? I don't know if maybe like two out of 10 could name Nas Stackhouse, if that. And even in our own fan base, I mean, like some of the casual fans who come out of the woodwork, do they know who Nas Stackhouse is? They all know who Jordan Davis was. What about Nas Stackhouse? And I think the answer is no. Like A lot of people just aren't aware of this guy. And even if they are, don't give him the love and recognition that he deserves. And I could probably include myself now. In I, I should have taught more about Nas because he was a... Flat out big time piece of what our defense was able to do, controlling the middle there. Not Jordan Davis like, but not Stackhouse like. And it was damn good this year to see him be that kind of player for us.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads dot com. Okay, next up
1: is the Grit Award, which is just willingly Doing the dirty work without much recognition. All the nominees are worthy. They include Darnell Washington, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint, Nazir Stackhouse, and Chaz Chambliss. Um, Tyler, you were the only voter to vote for someone other than Darnell Washington. So, who got your vote and why not Darnell? I will say Darnell is a name that we hear from the media a lot. And that he is, you know, very big. Very good at what he does but he goes unnoticed. Well, he doesn't go unnoticed. See, that's where I
0: disagree. He's not unnoticed. Yeah. No,
1: right. Brock just gets more because Fair. Darnell yes. does other things better and yes. is used to our advantage.
0: Yeah, it's it was really hard for me to go against Darnell, and I'm not going to argue with you on this one, Charlie, or the fans who at 71% of the fan vote went to Darnell Washington on this one. Like I, I see why Darnell got this award, and I'm not going to argue because Darnell is deserving of this award because you're right. I mean, Kirby, you know, it was interesting to hear Kirby talk about him because we all kind of knew this. Like, he was a big time recruit, five star guy coming out of Las Vegas at a high school a couple years back, right? Well, and Kirby, like, flat out said, like, this is a guy when he came in here was just dead set like, in the NFL. That's like, all he cared about. He just wanted to get to the NFL, wanted to get to the league, and that's what he was about. But by the time he left Georgia, he was an ultimate team player. He was a guy that did not get, as you said, Charlie, did not get as many looks in the passing game as brought Bowers. If Bowers comes in, you know, in the next class and is like, oh, this guy, he's he's different in terms of a pass catcher. And Darnell was, was a different type of tight end. Yes, he could be that mismatch in the passing, game, which we saw plenty of times, but his size gave him the ability to be just an absolutely devastating blocker. And, Dar- and, and Brock was a good blocker himself, but he wasn't Darnell, right? So Darnell, a guy who wants to make the NFL, and he's going to be in the NFL, he was willing to sacrifice some of those targets in the passing game, which is really what they're looking for in the NFL. Like they want to see these guys and can go out and catch balls and be impactful in the passing game. But he was willing to sacrifice some of that and take on more of a role as a blocker, which is the most unsexy thing you can do in football. And not only did he take that role, he willingly took it on. There's multiple times where Kirby would talk in post-game press conferences, especially like in the Missouri game, for instance, where Darnell's like, hey, coach, run behind me. Just run behind me and I'll lead the way and that's exactly what we did, and you, like, I think Darnell, the reason I didn't give Darnell this award is that I think he got more publicity and more love, more recognition for his willingness to do the dirty work than Marcus Rosemey-Jackson. I went Marcus Rosemey-Jackson, who was not as impactful as Darnell, did not play as much as Darnell, but when Marcus was in the game, yes, he made a few nice sketches here and there. Marcus is a ferocious perimeter blocker, and he is so willing to go out there and mix it up, and like talk about not getting targets. Darnell got more targets than Marcus me Jackson did, and Marcus d- doesn't complain. He does not pull the diva wide receiver thing. He doesn't pull a Jermaine Burton and pick your ball up and go home because you're not getting enough targets. In fact, Marcus rosemary Jackson is coming back next year. We got, we got AD Mitchell transferring out. We had Jermaine Burton transfer out last year. All Marcus is asked to do most of the time is go out there and block. And I think actually Marcus can be a, a more impactful receiver. I think we'll get an opportunity to do some of that this year. And we, hey, we bring in two transfers at the receiver position, the same spot he plays, and he's still sticking with this team and he's going to go out there and do a lot of the same things he's been asked to do his entire career. To me, that that is grit. Like That's a dude that's just going out there and putting it on the line for the team and talking about not getting recognition. He doesn't get it, man. He does not get it. I mean, again, Darnell can't fault you for that because he fits this award too. He's certainly deserving. I just think he gets a little bit more recognition than Marcus does, and so maybe that's why I have a little bit of soft spot there for Marcus and, and it gave him my vote for the grit award.
1: Okay, next up is the Assistant Coach of the Year Award. Nominees, Todd Munkin, everybody hears that name a lot, Glenn Schumann, Todd Hartley, and Stacy Cyrils. This was the third unanimous vote of the year. Uh, Munkin got 82% of the fan vote. Was it really that obvious? I mean, I think so.
0: I think it was, Charlie. I mean, I, I would... I, yes, I think so. It's certainly amazing to see what Glenn Schumann was able to do with that defense considering all the guys we lost off of that unit last year five first round draft picks famously we all know the story right but he did also have Will Muschamp there as a co-DC now Schumann was calling the plays of course but you have Muschamp there Kirby is a defensive guy I mean there's certainly some help there and I'm trying I'm not trying to take anything away from Glenn Glenn did a fantastic job like, guys we are so fortunate to have Glenn Schumann on our staff I mean Curtis and I were excited to get him I remember back in 2017 or 2016 when Kirby was hiring his staff and you got the legend of Glenn Schumann you know working behind the scenes like the story was it was Kirby and Sabin and Glenn Schumann there in a room doing all the defensive game planning for Alabama I've been wanting to keep him we gave him an on-field coaching job he comes over here and he's guys he's got opportunities. I know he got a lot of money, uh, at least was offered a lot of money to go to Miami as their defense coordinator last year, and he stuck here, and obviously Alabama has made a run at him. As far as I know, as far as we know right now, he's still sticking with Georgia, so we are extremely lucky to have him. He's a killer recruiter. He's an awesome position coach with inside linebackers. He's a great defensive mind. I mean, this guy, I mean, coming up and comer is not fair. He's already come up, I and mean, this guy is a star in the profession, but he did have more help than Todd Munkin. The offense is Todd Munkin. Like, I mean, Of course, offensive staff all has their role. They all do their job, but like, there's no one for Munkin to lean on. Like, it's Todd Munkin's show there. And not only was it his show, but he put together the most prolific offense in the history of of Georgia football. We average more points per game, we average more yards per game, we average more yards per play than any other offense in the history of Georgia football. Now I know you know it's tough to compare eras, you know, modern modern, modern offensive football is a little bit different than what it was, you know, even like 20 years ago. But the fact remains, this is the most productive, explosive, dominant Georgia offense that we have ever seen. And Todd Munkin was the architect of Of that Georgia offense, you know, all the talk in the preseason was, you know, with all the all the losses Georgia has on that defense, all those draft picks, the offense is going to have to pick up the slack. Are they going to be able to do it? You know, there's still that mindset of this antiquated Georgia offense. Well, Todd Munkin firmly put that to bed, at least among people who actually have a functional brain. I know there's people in rival fan bases out there that still have this conception of the Georgia offense as some throwback like 1965 offense just because they're just dumb they're not intelligent people they don't understand football if you actually have a functional brain you understand football you know our offense is is different now do we still run the ball of course we do but this is a modern offense guys It's spread principles all throughout this offense and uh yeah Todd Munkin definitely deserved it Charlie I saw a fist pump over there what happened what happened fill me in
1: Phil won another game to keep it five five in the second set, and he lost the first set. So he okay, needs to okay,
0: hold. Well, yeah, he needs to and we lost break. we lost doubles. I saw that we lost doubles. He
1: held. He needs to get a break.
0: Okay, all right. Sorry, that's just a little tennis interlude there. All right, Charlie, what's up next? All
1: right, the next award is the damn good dog award for this year. The nominees were Dominic Blaylock, Nolan Smith, Stetson Bennett, and Jalen Carter. Tyler, once again, you were the only contrarian who did not vote for Nolan Smith. The fan vote for Nolan was seventy percent. Um, Dominic Blaylock only got 1% of the vote, but I think that's because he just announced he's transferring. Um, but also
0: like there were some big time players right ahead of him, but Dom, just, I mean, Tom's deserving. he's a damn good doll. Got yeah. forever.
1: So who did you vote for? Tell us why.
0: Well, Charlie, um, I see why Nolan Smith got three other votes, right? You voted for Nolan Smith, correct? Yes. Okay. So you got Nolan, fans got Nolan 70% of the vote. Curtis had Nolan Smith. I had Stetson Bennett. And let me explain this. Now, after what happened at the celebration last weekend, I know some people, that that might have turned them off and and kept them from voting for Stetson, but not me. Not me. Again, I don't think Stetson... I, I did not feel in the moment that Stetson was talking to the actual fans when he was answering DJ Shockley's question. I, I wasn't as offended by that as a lot of people were like whatever. And he kind of like somewhat explained that um this week with a tweet. So like I, I'm not I'm not gonna hold that against Stetson. You guys can if you want. That's fine. And look Nolan is an awesome dude. And like damn good dog Nolan personifies that. I mean you're right Charlie this is a guy in the Florida game tore his pectoral muscle out for the rest of the year easily could have just gone and started training for the for the NFL draft. Because that's what almost anyone else in his, his position would have done. Come around the team here and there. Might not show up for the, like the national championship game, but in training. like Not around the team, on campus, day in and day out. Nolan didn't do that. Nolan put what was good for him aside in favor of what was good for our team. Guys like that don't come along very often. They are extraordinarily rare. And this is a guy that was the leader for this team. Especially this defense in that locker room in a season where I had some serious concerns about leadership coming into this season because we lost so many impact guys. You lose N'Kobe Dean, you lose Jordan Davis – you lose Jamari Sauer, you lose all these leaders, you lose Lewis Seen, you lose all these big time guys on your defense, on your offense that have been around for a long time and have been like key components of the culture and leadership of your team. And I didn't know like who those guys were going to be. I was hoping it's going to be Nolan. I was hoping it's going to be Chris Smith and both those guys delivered. Um, So Nolan, like I'm not going to argue with you, Charlie, or the fans. I mean, I see why he got 70% of the fan vote. However, saying that, I also don't know how you can vote against Stetson Bennett, Charlie. The like we don't I, I don't need to like recount it for everybody. We all know the Stetson legend, guys. In twenty twenty, what other quarterback would not have transferred with, with how that was, with how that went down? JT comes in, takes over. He handled it the right way. If you guys remember that now, I know it's a couple of years ago when he lost that job. He wasn't a locker room cancer. He just filled that role. He became the backup quarterback, and he filled that role to the best of his ability. You know what he did? He kept working, kept grinding, and kept competing. He wasn't happy about it, but he didn't let that impact what kind of teammate he was. And he kept working and kept grinding. He got his opportunity in 2021 in that UAB game. What's the dude do? He goes out and throws five freaking touchdowns. And then the next week, JT's back. He gets the job back. Didn't complain. Did his thing. Was the backup, right? Then JT injured again. What does Stetson do? Comes in, balls out, leads us to our first national title in 41 freaking years, comes back in the entire offseason. After leading us to a national title, you have so many people, some people in the fan base, plenty of people in the fan base, so many people outside the fan base, just saying how he is going to be the liability. He's going to be the reason why we can't go back to back because we have to put more on the offense and Stetson Bennett just can't handle it. He's just not that guy. And he said, all right, watch this. This guy is just, again, I, I believe Nolan's personification of a damn good dog, but how is Stetson Bennett not? I mean, the story, what this guy's had to overcome, it's just unbelievable to me. Like, truly, I don't use that word lightly. It's unbelievable to me what Stetson Bennett has accomplished, what he overco- or overcame in the process of accomplishing those things. So I got to go Stetson here. I got to go Stetson. I know he's he didn't win. That's fine, but I'm sticking with Stetson as my vote for DGD of the year.
1: Okay, well thank you for that very lengthy explanation.
0: I don't feel like that was lengthy. That I'm was just kidding. doing Stetson justice. I'm just
1: kidding. It wasn't lengthy at all. All right, next up, play of the year. Malachi Starks's interception versus Oregon. Brock Bowers juggling a touchdown against Florida. Stetson Bennett's 64-yard touchdown run against Auburn. Or Bowers on fourth and six versus Ohio State. This was a unanimous vote with... What do you think?
0: I'm gonna go Brock Bowers fourth well, I and mean, six.
1: It was unanimous, and that's who you voted for. So,
0: so yeah, has to be a great Bro- idea.
1: <laughs> on fourth and six in the Peach Bowl. So why was this the play of the year?
0: Well, of the plays that we listed, Charlie, it was the most impactful play. I, look, there were a number of plays that you could have gone with, guys. There, this is one of those categories where we wanted to have more nominations, more nominees, but we couldn't because Twitter limited us to four options. But looking back at that game the Peach Bowl, which is obviously we all know it was the biggest game, at least it turned out to be the, the most competitive game, in the game that was really the National Championship. I know it wasn't called the National Championship. I think we all walked out of that stadium or turned the TV off that night We're like, yeah, Georgia just played the National Championship game. Like We all felt that way. I, I think most of us did, at least. And there were so many plays in that game. And you could put, you could have picked Darian Smith's long touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown to A.D. Mitchell. Um, you could have picked the, the wide left, the final field goal miss, the midnight miracle. But see, that wasn't play that we made, right? That's just a kick that the kicker missed, that Noah Ruggles missed for Ohio State. In terms of plays that our players made, I think the most outstanding play of that game was Brock Bowers, fourth and six. Just pure effort, will, want to, and also just skill. I mean, to levitate like that and not go out of bounds in such a critical situation. I mean, guys, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we do not get points on that drive, like at least kick a field goal, then we don't win that football game. We get the ball back with a little more than two minutes left, and we're down nine points. That touchdown, 80 to Mitchell, wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have done anything. I mean, what brought us closer, but we still lose the football game. If Brock gets stopped there, we lose. But Brock fought and like levitated, like I didn't know football players could do kept that drive alive wish we got a touchdown on that drive but kept alive so we could get that field goal and keep within striking distance so we could actually be set up to win the game on that final go-ahead drive the other plays were all awesome they were fantastic they were incredible plays you know the, the Malachi Starks interception was like that was his introduction to the college ball world the Stetson 64 yard run against Auburn when he turned on the Jets I don't think I don't know if any of us Wait, like, we all knew he could move like he was mobile I don't think many of us out there realized he could move like that. And then the, the Brock Bowers Florida juggling touchdown was just so fun, man. It was an incredible play. But none of those plays were nearly as impactful as the Brock Bowers fourth and sixth conversion of the Peach Bowl. I mean, we still without any without those other three plays, we still have won those all those games going away. But without Brock making that play, not only was it an incredible play, But also just the impact, the significance of that play certainly pushed it over the edge for me. And that's why it's clearly the the unanimous play of the year.
1: All right. We have a few awards left. We're getting into the big ones here. We are. So we have offensive MVP, defensive MVP, and most outstanding player left.
0: Charlie, before we get there, I have totally forgotten to do this. We have got to talk about Alumni Hall.
1: How can you forget Alumni I, Hall?
0: I got so many of these awards, Charlie. You know I love Georgia football. I got so many of this. You know, you're distracting me over here with the tennis, which is not looking good. This is not good. We're not going to win this match,
1: Speaking of, of Alumni Hall, I need to get another tennis shirt.
0: Yeah. I was there last week. I saw a nice one. I, sh- I should have called you and said, hey, what's up? Go get this. I'll go buy this week. Yeah, you can, or you can do it online, alumnihall.com.
1: Yeah, I like to go to their store. It's a very nice shopping have experience. Have you got any more
0: Natty gear in the past week?
1: Um, I got a new coffee mug. Nice. Not that I needed a national championship logo, but I did get one. You Um, have to. Yeah, I got, and I also got a long sleeve shirt because it's always nice to have a long sleeve shirt.
0: Well, it is winter, so those things kind of help.
1: Yeah, but you know.
0: Yeah, but Alumni Hall has got you covered, right? It's a great
1: way to commemorate the.
0: Event, yeah. I, I at this point, I just want to collect all these things. I want. I, I mean, I, for a long time, for bowl games, I've been collecting those. As you said, like well, the t-shirts, long t-shirts, whatever. So, it'd be nice to have a, a a. We've got two of them, but it'd be nice to have a collection of these things. But Alumni Hall, guys, that is the place to go for all your national championship gear needs. You can check them out in store inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center here in the Classic City, or online at AlumniHall.com because that's where the bulldog shop.
2: Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lipson Ads. Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N Ads.com.
0: All right, Charlie, we've got our three big awards here. We got MVP and Most Outstanding Player left.
1: So, for offensive MVP, the nominees included Stetson Bennett, Brock Bowers, Kenny McIntosh, and Ladd McConkey. This is the only vote that came down to a tiebreaker. Again, we used the fan vote to decide. Curtis and I both chose Brock Bowers. I chose Brock Bowers because I think that usually the quarterback is the most valuable player because you can't do anything without a good quarterback, so I went to the next person up, which I thought was Brock Bowers. Um, but
0: the quarterback, it, saying that, the quarterback was a nominee, so why didn't he get your vote?
1: Because I think that's like a given.
0: Oh, okay. So you're like, all right, that disqualified the quarterback. Right. It's always the case for every team. Okay.
1: Right. Um, the fans sided with Stetson with 82% of their vote. Um, you had Stetson, so why Stetson over Brock?
0: Really, Charlie, for the reasons you just laid out there, Stetson Bennett was the quarterback. Quarterback's the most important position on the field. Stetson Bennett was a Heisman Trophy nominee. Didn't win it, obviously, but he was there in New York, got that trip, and he played at an extraordinarily high level for us all year long. And he was at his best in the biggest moments, Charlie. Now, there were games where I kind of got the feel at times this year, like Stetson got bored in some games, like games where we're just blowing teams out and he just started screwing around sometimes late in the year. But when we needed Stetson the most, Stetson was lights freaking out for us. And his experience, his understanding of our offense, the amount of responsibility that Todd Munkin and our coaches put on his shoulders this season was significant. And he ran it. Perfectly all year long, and again, I just can't get over how big he was in big moments. Whether it was the Tennessee game where he comes out firing, I know he didn't have a great game in the first half against Missouri, but made some big plays for us late in that game to, to put us over the top and win that one. The SEC championship game, he was lights out, and then of course in the Peach Bowl. I mean, I know he had the the lull there in the middle of the game, but came out firing in the first quarter, was awesome in the first quarter, and then the fourth quarter, which is an absolute all-time performance for a Georgia quarterback, just an epic performance by Stetson, making big play after big play in the most critical moments of our season in the National Championship. I mean, he was just unbelievably good. And to go back to week one, all the way there against Oregon, huge game to open the season on national television in, the, in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it was incredible there. So, Stetson Bennett to me was the most valuable player in this offense. I think and the way I look at most valuable players if this guy does not play for us this year do we still have the same outcome that we had with him and I think the answer is clearly no Carson Beck I, be- I believe in Carson Beck I like Carson Beck he's not Stetson Bennett he wasn't going to be as productive as Stetson Bennett was this year I believe that much in Stetson Brock was awesome and here's the thing you can say the same thing about Brock like without Brock does our team win all those games that we end up winning I think there's a better chance that the answer is yes. I mean, Brock was clearly our best playmaker on offense, but you st- we still have Darnell, Oscar Delp. Um, you, Ari Gilbert obviously wasn't much of a factor there. But we had two guys that I think could fill in admirably for Brock. Now, are they Brock Bowers? Of course not. Brock is a, a freaking beast. He's crazy. But I think we were we were more capable of filling in for Brock if he was on the team than we were for Stetson. So for me, that's why I ended up going with Stetson. But it doesn't matter because... Oh, actually, he did win, right? Yep, the fans, 82%. You guys got it, right? Stetson been in the landslide, of course, 82%.
1: All right. Defensive MVP was between Chris Smith, Mile Mondin, Jalen Carter, and Javon Bullard. All of the hosts here voted for Jalen Carter. This is the tightest fan vote um, with Javon Bullard with 37% of the vote, which was slightly more than Jalen Carter's 33% of the vote. So what do you make of the fan vote there?
0: That's an interesting fan vote. Now, guys, I love you. And look, Javon is awesome. Love Javon, too.
1: But don't you think it's because of the positions they play?
0: In what way? Like,
1: Javon Bullard's a more, I guess, known position.
0: The star position, maybe. I mean, I guess, but Jalen Carter's clearly a bigger name than Javon Bullard nationally. this guy I don't might know. be the first pick in the NFL draft. He's going to be a top three, pick. but among the media
1: during a game when people are watching oh, yes. games, Jalen Carter, for yeah, sure, for I sure. I mean,
0: here's what I would say with with Javon Bullard. I, it, maybe this is what you're getting at, Charlie. Recency bias, yes, because obviously the the big play by Javon to to knock out Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Peach Bowl and then had two interceptions was the MVP, defensive MVP of the uh, of the national championship game. So maybe there's just some recency bias built in there. But guys, in no way was Javon Bullard. More valuable to our defense than Jalen Carter, at least in my opinion. Like I don't want to insult anybody out there. Like, you guys have your opinion, that's great. But Jalen Carter is, I mean, unstoppable one-on-one. Like, if you put one guy on Jalen Carter, you're not going to stop him. I don't care who that person is. And for a defense that really lacked natural pass rushers off the edge, he was our best natural pass rusher. Just happened to be an interior rusher. And when he was in the game, we were significantly better, right? Think about in the Missouri game, he goes down and they start gashing us in the run game. At time that they break that long touchdown, or almost touchdown run that that Malachi was able to track down, like Jalen was a difference maker the way that no one else was in our defense. That doesn't mean Javon Bullard is not really good. Of course he is, but Javon missed a couple games himself, and you know Tyke Smith filled in admirably for him. Again, I go back to how I define value. I think we would have had an easier time replacing Javon Bullard if he did not play this year than we did Jalen Carter. In my opinion, I mean Jalen's just far more of an irreplaceable type guy than Javon Bullard I know Javon had a really awesome postseason, and he's a great player I'm really excited he's gonna be back on our team we're really fortunate to have him but I just I don't see any other answer than Jalen Carter here when it comes to defensive MVP
1: our last award for the twenty twenty two season is the most outstanding player award. There was a lot of variance in this vote. The nominees included Stetson Bennett, Jalen Carter, Brock Bowers, and Kenny McIntosh. Uh, three players received fan received votes, excuse me. The fans went with Stetson at forty seven percent. You went with Jalen Carter, and Curtis and I swung the vote in favor of Brock Bowers. Why did you pick Jalen Carter?
0: I picked Jalen Carter because I define most outstanding player as best player in a team, and Jalen Carter is clearly the best player in our team. Like, he was. Brock is awesome. I mean, Brock's a close second in terms of, like, talent, but who is going to be—of all these players on our team, who is going to be drafted the highest in the NFL draft? Like, who is the actual best player at his position? The answer is Jalen Carter. He might be the first pick in the draft. I don't know if he he will end up being the first pick. Depends on how things go and trades and whatnot and needs and all that stuff. But he's going to be a top three pick. Brock is awesome. I mean, Brock is so insanely good. I mean, we all know that. Brock is not going to be a top five NFL draft pick. He's just not. There's not that value on that position in the NFL. Jalen is dominant in a way that no one else on our roster is at their position. Brock is really, really dominant as a tight end. He's not more dominant than Jalen Carter. And I would say the same thing about Stetson. I love Stetson, You guys have heard me wax poetic about Stetson all year long. And I, it was a close fan vote. Stetson got 47% of the vote, and Brock got 40%. But I, I'm just, I'm, I don't know what word to use, Charlie. Flabbergasted? Uh, just taken aback that Jalen Carter only got 11% of the fan vote in terms of most outstanding player? If you want to pick Brock, I'm not going to argue with that, but. Brock getting 40%, Jalen only getting 11 Like, I think that's borderline criminal. And getting back to Stetson, Stetson's awesome. You guys know how much I love him, but he's not as good at his job, at his position, as Jalen Carter is at his. He's just not. So to me, honestly, I thought this was pretty clear. I thought this was a pretty clear cut. I love Brock. I love Stetson, but best player, and that's how I define most outstanding player. And that's the thing about these awards. People can define things their own way. They define it differently. Check the highs. I'm like, what's the actual criteria? What does it actually mean? But the way that I define most outstanding player is, it was pretty clear to me that it was Jalen Carter, but I was I was wrong. I got outvoted on this one. But, I mean, Jalen's Jaylen, a stud, Charlie.
1: So, why could you make a case for Stetson Bennett?
0: I think you can make a case for Stetson. Actually, I don't know if I can make a, st- a case for Stetson. I think Stetson was awesome. I think a lot of people put so much on the idea that Stetson's just a, a function of all the talent around him. I think that's ludicrous. I mean, this guy makes NFL throws week after week on a weekly basis guys this dude makes NFL throws at least he did I wish he still did for us but he did all season long but people had their narratives and just didn't want to buy it so I think Stetson's a lot better than people give him credit for I do think he's an NFL quarterback maybe not a starter but I think he's an NFL guy that can make a living playing in the NFL being a backup but I actually I don't think I can make an argument Charlie I don't think I can make an argument for Stetson I can make an argument for Brock and Jalen I can't make an argument for Stetson or Kenny as the best or how I define most outstanding player on our team
1: all right. Well, that's all for the awards for 2022.
0: That's it, guys. And I really appreciate each and every one of you that were participating in this with us and voted on social media. If you didn't see it, I'm sorry. I probably should have put it out there on Saturday, but uh, I dropped the ball there and didn't put it, out on, put it out until Sunday. So I apologize if you didn't see it in time, but we got a lot of you out there that were voting along with us. So we appreciate you guys. This was fun. We just want to take another look back at this championship season and give these guys some love. But let us know where you agree, where you where you disagree. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's at glory underscore UGA. You can also email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com or just look us up on Instagram. Just look for glory UGA Podcast. But thank you guys for being here. Charlie, I thank you one more time for being here on short notice. Thank you for being the star of the podcast. You're welcome. And will you be back later this week, Charlie? I know you were regularly scheduled to be on for our look back at our preseason picks. Are you still going to be able to make that one? I will. All right, so guys, this is a, a twofer for Charlie. So we get two doses of Charlie this week, so make sure to check back later on, guys. And I'm going to try to work in some basketball talk. I had to push that back each last couple of the weeks because obviously we won the national championship, and that, that takes precedence right now. But we're going to have some basketball talk on here for you guys as well. But have a fantastic week, guys. For Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, Go dogs.